welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Tom Hero. Marler, it is Casual Friday. We have some good vibes. I know we've been real yeah. serious last few weeks. We had Matt Hayes on last week. Don't get me wrong. Super informative. A lot of great stuff in there. But I kind of came away from it being a little bit like, crap, man. This is a very daunting thing that we are still facing. I know that sounds yeah. like an obvious thing four months into quarantine, but... We have good vibes only today. We had Adam Kramer, Kegs and Eggs on uh, Twitter, as many people know him as. He joined us for a great interview that we just recorded. That's going to be after this. We have a fourth and wrong of, hey, sports are back. Because as right. of this recording, like by the time people listen to this, baseball will, baseball will have already happened. Which is a crazy thought. Major League Baseball, regular season, Major League Baseball will have yeah. already happened. We got NBA this weekend, sports, and like the ones that people actually care about <laughs> are back. That's good. Yeah. This is good. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the baseball season. Uh, shout out to our buddies, uh, Nick Halby and Sean Larkin, who had to walk me through how the season's going to be played because uh, I had no idea. Uh, all the difference, uh, or all the different things they're going to be doing this year for the season. I haven't kept up with the baseball stuff. Super um, regional this year. Going to walk back. Yeah, I'm going to walk back what I said about the Braves being like an automatic <laughs> over 34 wins after after they told me that. So that's uh, that's good. Save me some money from from betting. So I, I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, it's going to be a weird year, nonetheless. But the good news is, is that we actually have sports that mm-hmm. you know what. We're gonna have sports to watch this weekend, which I already yeah. I already said to I said to Lauren over the weekend. I'm like, or I said this to her last weekend. I said, I just know I just want Saturday afternoon. Just give me Saturday right. afternoon. I want to watch the Cubs game from start to finish. Adam Amin, yeah. great broadcaster, starting his new gig at Fox. I'm excited to be able to hear him calling Cubs Brewers Saturday afternoon, Fox Baseball. I don't care that there's not going to be people in the stands. It's going to be weird. Right. It's going to be adjustment. I don't care if they're if they're going to pump in crowd noise, do whatever. We're going to have I'm going to have actual regular season baseball to watch, and that to me just sounds so good right now. Yeah. That like uh, ground out to third, uh, blue <laughs> base hit. I'm like getting getting chills just thinking about the most basic baseball things yeah. right now, and I don't I don't care I don't care. Fundamentals, man, that's what excites me. I'm just glad fundamental baseball's back. Just button runners over. Can't wait. Oh, well, not let's not get into that blasphemy. Come on, let's you know what? <laughs> no, we don't need to button runners over. It's come on, that's outdated principle. Unless you're that's dealing like one with of the few pitcher. things I excelled at. I was a fantastic bunter. Um, anyway, yes, I'm excited for baseball as well. We've got some good questions for. Uh, Fourth wrong. Before you even intro me, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you um, I'm going to do the bet online bet online ad read now because I don't know if you, s- you saw me tweet this last night. Um, yes, I'm excited because there's actual sports to gamble on again. But I've told you guys this before. You know what's even more fun than gambling on like who's going to win the game? Crazy props. Doing the first first inning bet that Connor immediately jinxed by saying that they're all going to score runs <laughs> in the first inning. But the first inning bets and the incredible prop bets that you can honestly you can you can do a lot of these. Uh, we've talked about doing it with politics. You can do it with all these different things, um, but you can definitely do them with sports as well. My favorite prop bet, favorite prop bet I've seen. Will Dr. Fauci, who's not the first pitch, will his his first pitch bounce or land in the catcher's mitt in the air? First pitch is this is a grown adult man. He's got to throw a baseball 60 feet. The odds of him actually making it without bouncing it. It's plus money. It's plus 450. 
Really? Yes, that is that is your tip of the day. I could go back and forth on that because Fauci runs three miles a day, but at the same time, he's in his 70s, isn't he? I have no idea, but all he's got to do is just get it there. And it just he probably won't even be, I think he has to be actually be on the mound for it to count. But still, plus 450, those, I'm, not, I'm not not taking those odds. They're, just, they're too good. How are nerves differently for, for throwing out the first pitch when there's not fans in the stands oh, as well? Oh, I would spike it, yeah. You know that everybody's watching on TV, but maybe, maybe a little bit of a different feel without oh, fans yeah. in the stands. Got to take That's these things point. into account. So we are today going to talk about all things sports coming back. In college football, not necessarily a part of that conversation, but don't, don't, don't get it twisted. We have plenty of college football talk, amongst other things, with Adam Kramer as mm-hmm. well on the back half of this episode. So first question that we have on the sports are back, fourth and wrong. This is from Kaylin Crabtree. She asks, what is the one thing that you hated the most about basketball or baseball but will appreciate in the moment? That's Go pretty ahead. good. That's pretty yeah. good. I, like I, I, I think I just I think I already said it. The routine place. I like yeah. getting I like getting mad over the most basic things that happen thousands and thousands of times, thousands and thousands of times over the course of the baseball season. For example, right. even if um, you know, second baseman just boots a ground ball, something like that. The Cubs, for whatever reason, just leave like their eighth runner in scoring position that day. These little mundane things that drive me nuts, I'm going to have moments where it's going to make me really mad, but then I'll think to myself, I miss this feeling. I need yeah. this feeling back in my life because I don't know about you, man. I, I have had moments on random nights during the summer, especially, where I've just been really really depressed not to be able to look at my phone and see yeah. an update of a cub score sometimes that's all i want to do sunday oh, like sunday afternoons being able to to turn on a cubs game on cubs radio or something like that or like during the week when in the summer when i'm doing work and i can have the cubs game on the radio in the background it's been 1999 for the entire season to get cubs radio i miss not having that so much that the fact that it's back i mean in case you can't tell i'm very much excited yeah, I mean, I, can, I definitely can tell. Um, you talk about not being able to look at your phone and see um, updates and stuff like that. I'll, I'll do you one worse that made uh, this be like the most depressing summer ever. This entire summer, I, I've i had, for whatever reason, I've had the Red Sox schedule like synced to my, um, my I guess, like Gmail account. So it oh, gives me so automatic updates of every... Updates? Yes, so every oh, single day. Man. And like right when all this first started, they had like this like week where they had played, or like a week and a half stretch where they played the Yankees in two series, and it was like, you know, like, don't forget, Sox-Yankees tonight, 7 5 I was like, this sucks. Like, this sucks. That I'm kind of glad they didn't play because the Red Sox are going to be god-awful this year. But, um, yeah, I missed that. I, so I thought this meant, like, what did you miss the most, like, when you played? So I, my answer was different, and this of course is the only did. one that I actually was prepared they, for. So what, I, she said, what is the one thing that you hated the most about basketball or baseball but will appreciate in the moment? Did you play basketball? No, what? I, I thought you meant basketball for you and baseball for me. No. Anyway, my, my thing was, um, I remember somebody telling this before I before I quit, because he, he had quit um, two years prior, and he was like, you, you shouldn't do it. And I was like, I'm definitely going to do it. It's not that big of a deal. And uh, and he was like, you'll miss like weird things, like like practice. And I was like, I hate practice. Like, I don't want, like, I'm not going to miss practice. And I did. I missed stuff like that. I missed, like, actually going out and, like, you know what I really miss about, about sports in general? I miss being, like, at an age where I could just go take BP, like, like, right after I got done with college, I remember I was like, you know what? I really want to just swing. I just want to swing a bat. I went to these, like, crappy batting cages, uh, you know, off, like, in Atlanta. 
and I hit, like the first pitch, I like I just drilled right back in the middle, went right back into the machine, and then also hurt my back and I had to walk away. So that was the <laughs> end of that. But I, I, I miss being able to do stuff like that, and I miss being able to do stuff like that without getting sore. So that's that was my answer. Uh, next question, uh, Dakota Carter. He he wrote biggest sporting event you're most or least excited for this season. I am usually not that into the Super Bowl. I like being able to mm-hmm. watch it casual, casually. I've always said, not big into the Super Bowl party thing. think that's right. kind of overrated. like being able to just have the foods that I like, not have to fight people for food. I'm selfish right. in that regard. Just have the foods that you like, watch in the comfort of your own home. Whatever. So what? Yeah, there are other, sure. There's a time and a place for that. I'm not really big on the Super Bowl being that place, but... Um, I'm excited for all of them at this point, if I'm being 100% honest. Yeah. I haven't got as into golf as, as I thought I would. I thought yeah. I would have been all over that during this, and I really haven't been. And I'm constantly reminded whenever I think I'm going to get into golf, oh, yeah, you have a wife that would rather do literally anything else than watch golf on yeah. a Sunday afternoon. Honestly, man, like the if you're if you're watching like a major tournament or something like that, it's I definitely get the appeal. It's a lot of fun, but yeah, there's it is boring. It, like for for anyone except for people that like sports, because it is not, you know, like like think about how long it takes to play a round of golf. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't like watching myself play golf for, right. for that long. You know, you hit hole like twelve, thirteen. You're like, all right, you know, kind of. Yeah, this is fun, but I'm I'm ready to be done at this point, but. Um, yeah, I would say golf. The the main golf ones, like the the majors and stuff like that, they're having they're having the Masters in the middle of college football season, assuming yeah, we have a college football season. Right. So I'd say that's the one that I'm not going to be. I'm I'm definitely that's going to be one of those things where if that happens with the current schedule, a mm-hmm. month after the Masters happens, you can ask me. Oh, remember blah 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 won the Masters? I'd be like, no, I don't. I no, was not at college all. football all weekend. Sorry, <laughs> that's fair. Um, good question though. Uh, this one from uh, Michael Dark. He wants to know why isn't Atlanta a premier destination for free agents? When the teams are good, I think Atlanta is a pretty good professional sports town, and fans really get behind them like every other city in America. Many NFL and NBA players live here during the off season, so it's weird that they wouldn't want to stay here year round. You could answer that question way better than I. Can. I I don't get it. I I, I like it's, with basketball is the one where I, I get it the least. I just it makes no sense to me why this would not be like a ideal or premier destination um, year in year out. Like when there's when like remember a couple years ago when like NBA free agency was like at like the peak of of whatever like like it was it was huge, and there were so many available players and, and the Hawks didn't land. In, I think the Hawks ended up getting Vince Carter or whatever. Like I just I don't I don't get it. I've never understood why they haven't been able to do that, but. Um, yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, it's it's a great city, but it's it's also a town where like the Hawks aren't great, and and the Atlanta fans are passionate. I'm not gonna like pull the whole cliche thing about hating on Atlanta sports fans and stuff like that, but they're not showing up to Falcons games on time. You know, they're going to Braves games and stuff like that way more than they used to. But yeah, they're not they're not like live and die with the Falcons uh, or, or Atlanta sports teams. Like the United has the best fan base. True, it's very true. I think yeah the the Atlanta thing for for the NBA, I think it's just tough. I think it, you you just need to get lucky, and Atlanta has not gotten lucky in the last no. 20, 30 years since Dominique. Essentially, I mean look at look at like the Bucks for example, you know. But at the same time, you could be a player like Giannis in this day and age, and maybe this is something that's going to be impacted by college sports with the name, image, likeness stuff that's coming yeah. up. 
in terms of developing your own brand, I don't really think it matters. Like the, you need to go to a big market or something like that anymore. I think right. that's kind of that's kind of fallen by the wayside. And I don't know that Atlanta is necessarily in that like big market category. They they wouldn't be for for the NBA, but yeah. I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's just tough. I think sooner or later they're going to get lucky. What about Kevin Herter? He's good, right? I don't even know who that is. Kevin Herter's the white guy from they Maryland. Have multiple. They had a kid that played from Sanford, like like two years ago. That was like I was like, who the hell is this kid? This kid looks like he's an accountant. And I remember saying to my buddy Aaron Clark, who played like professionally overseas, and he was like, yeah, I played pickup with him like two years ago. I have no idea what's happening right now. I was like, <laughs> so there's that. All right, that sounds good. You're up. All right, so. Uh, we actually asked, asked this question. It's actually from Michael Dark as well. We asked this to Adam Kramer. What is your answer going to be? If you were an MLB player, what would your walk-up song be? I have a tough time not going Return of the Mac, but just I don't want to be too cliche because, that, I mean, I don't want to get sick of it. Your walk-up yeah. song has to be something that you, you've, you've probably heard a million times before and you're still not sick of it. Yeah. Thunderstruck's the one. That was my high school walk song. It's kind of a long it's like long one though. Just just give me the intro. Just give me the intro. Yeah. That's all I need. Um trying my like mine in college was the worst too. I mean, like maybe besides I thought, thought it was yesterday, maybe besides my tattoo, it's the two things I regret the most. Um one year it was OAR City on Down, not great. Um and then the other one and Dude. I wanted the live version of it because it was my favorite song at the time. And they gave me like the studio recording, and so it just cut into halfway into the middle of the song. It was like okay, um, and then obviously Keyless Bossy was not good as well. I, I would think it's <laughs> not my finest moment. Um, I tried like so. It's the most 2006 crap I've ever heard. I was feeling myself that year. Um, I really was. So I, mine would be. This, I should have thought about this more before I said something because it would definitely be a rap song. I don't know if it'd be, um, or maybe something that would like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really overthink this. Uh, you know. I know, right? I'm gonna say Belly might not, might not make it. Don't know that one. Or I'm gonna say Florence, uh, was it Florence Against the Machine? Flor- well, Florence Against the Machine. <laughs> Florence and the Machine. Um, shake it out. Like something that's like relaxes me, but also makes me feel good. Or see a chandelier, I don't know. There's a guy on my, my brother's uh, summer ball team back in the day, like when he was playing college college summer ball, and uh, one of his teammates' walk-up song was Call him Baton Rouge. And that was the first That's time cool. I had heard Call him Baton Rouge because I was like a freshman in college or something mm-hmm. like that, which, yeah, whatever. Sorry, I didn't grow up with it. But yeah. I always, from that point on, I was always like, you know what? That's actually like low-key a pretty good walk-up song. Yeah. It just kind of gets you a little bit looser. I mean, that's what you, you have to feel loose at the plate. You can't feel like too I, tense. Yeah, agreed. My, so so mine, freshman year of of high school, mine was Sweet Home Alabama, of course, and I was not, I was a very bad baseball player my freshman year, because I, like, didn't realize this, but I needed glasses, so I just, like, stuck out the whole season, like, could barely see, and so, You're the James Winston up, of baseball. Dude, I, w- I, w- I hit 250 my fresh, in freshman baseball, and then, like, every other year after that, I hit over 400, but, um, my, so we were playing our rival my freshman year of high school, and they played Sweet Home Alabama, and I was not, like, a popular kid or anything like that, didn't have a lot of friends my freshman year, and after the song was over and I was up to bat, like everyone in the stands kept singing it. I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. Like, everyone's cheering for it. It's a tie game late in late, uh, late innings. And then I struck out. So there was that. <laughs> <laughs> You're up. I like that question. Oh, and the, wasn't the second part to that question, if you could give someone 
uh, a walk-up song, what would it be? I think somebody else asked that. I can't remember who, who asked that question. It. That's a good um, one. Yeah, but who... Yeah, so if you could give someone a walk-up song... Um, oh, yeah, right. this, yeah, this is the second part of that question. Like, if you... From Michael Dark. He said, if you were a vet and you had to pick the worst possible walk-up song for a rookie, what would it be? Um, most things Katy Perry. Well, I... Seen her in concert. I know you have. That's why I said that. It's unreal. Uh, Barbie Girl would be up there. Terrible. That'd be that'd be a tough one to have to like sheepishly yeah, walk for up. an entire season. Yeah, yeah, that'd be rough. I feel like Cotton Eye Joe. Oh God. All time awful walk up song that would be. Yeah. Because everybody else hates you in that moment. They want you to yeah. strike out. Even the home fans want you to strike out just right. for doing that to That's them. That's fair. Cupid Shuffle will get old. Sorry, Saban. Uh, it already is. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say anything with instructional dance steps. <laughs> One clap this time. Yeah, that would be awful. I think, um, oh man, like Monster Mash. That's my least favorite song of all time. Yeah, that's okay. Um, and I don't want to get like just only seasonal, but if we're talking about like, like you want to be somewhat like excited uh, to hit. So like, you know, Monster Mash is the worst. Um, also Christmas Shoes. Like if, somebody came, like if somebody came up and they're like, all right, dude, you're pinch hitting. Bottom line, get the bases loaded. This is huge. This is going to put us in the, in the series. And they were like, will you buy me these Christmas shoes? It's like, what, what is about, happening right now? That'd be what awful. A, what about Baby It's Cold Outside? That'd be pretty bad, too. That is a, yeah, that song did not age well. <laughs> that is for cancel culture. I'll say well, that. Lauren told me six, six or seven years ago, hey, Listen to the words of this song. Dude, I didn't say it's, this for like the exact same amount of time. I was like, well, how does no one see this? Yeah, yeah. You yikes. know what? I tweeted about this when I was in Charleston. If you want another song like that, that that'll make you question some things about the, the 60s and, and 70s. Uh, what's the one where it's like, you're much too young, girl? Run, girl. You're much too young, girl. It's a popular song. You know what I'm talking about. I wish I didn't sing. You embarrass me now. Move on to the next question. You asked Bra- the next question. Brown Eyed Girl would be bad. That's one of my least favorite songs of all time. Yeah, I'm sorry for everybody who's listening to this and says, oh, I love Brown Eyed Girl. It's a song that's about yeah. me. You know what? It's a song that's about everyone. It's and it's the laziest <laughs> song of all time. That's fair. I like that. All um, right, you have to go again because you embarrass me. Let's see. Uh, Jack, is it Haygood? Jack Haygood? Yeah. I think. Okay, he wants to know, how many beers will you be drinking Watching the first college football game televised this year. Is that an SEC game? Uh, I mean, we don't know the schedule as of right now. Like, let's not pretend like we have any idea what what that's going to look like. Pac-12 announced today. Oh, by the way, that they're not going to have the season start until middle, mid to late September. They're looking at very adjusted schedule. If that's the case, and if we're not having college football beers until two weeks after Labor Day, yeah. I'm gonna say two beer. Connor's got to up it to four at least. Yeah, at yeah. Least. Like if I, well, and, and I will not be drinking beers that day. I will be drinking all the liquor and just I, I well probably beers too. But like I, I will I'll put away at least a twelve pack. I would think or probably ten out of the twelve. I would think if if I don't have to work and we're not having to be responsible, then that would be your answer. Like yes, I'll position it by saying so so I don't get in trouble here. If we're talking. What would non-SDS employee Chris Marler be? Very away? different question. And if we're if we're at home, not in public, um, it's at least at least a twelve pack because it's an it's an entire day. It's an, I mean, an entire day of football. It's it's a lot. Uh, and then plus you sober up a little throughout the day once you either get a nap in or get some barbecue in you. 
my best case scenario would be like a Thursday night game in which mm-hmm. sometimes these games are, those are my favorite games when I'm not writing a column off of it, but I still, yeah. I still, I, I have to be watching it just to have know to watch what the heck work. is. Yeah. I mean, like I have to, I have to know what's going on. I have to know what I'm talking about. If, you know, yeah. for example, like the Egg Bowl, that's a game where typically yeah. I don't write a column off of that, but we obviously want to watch the Egg Bowl. We have to consume the Egg Bowl. We'd watch it anyways, even if we you didn't want have to. to. Yeah. But yeah, that's the that's like the ideal game where you can just like sit there and you can have a few beers easily and not have to necessarily worry about. If you do, people watch the Egg Bowl sober. I just had that. I mean, it's Thanksgiving, so I'm sure some people do, right? Who? I don't. Not me. I mean, well, I, I, I mean, know. I did last year. Um, I just, <laughs> just <laughs> that, that game last year, man. I think I had to pee during that last drive, and I was so frustrated because I was like, "This is like it, you couldn't walk away from it." No, no, no. No, that was the drive so. that I was on my my feet for without yeah, having yeah, the whole time. interest in that. Right. Game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, next question. This is another good one. Uh, from Zanarian Ferguson. If you woke up as fifth grade Marler or O'Gara, what is the first thing you're doing? Oh, man. I'll be honest, I'm probably going down to the basement and playing some PlayStation One, some MLB nineteen ninety nine with Cal Ripken on Ooh. the cover. Yeah. That's probably what I'm doing. Um, actually, you know what? 99. Yeah, 99 was Cal Ripken on the cover. 2001 was Andrew Jones on the cover. That was a good one. I played that a lot okay. back in the day. But if I just have a day, I'm eating whatever the heck like I want. Like a full want. day. E- eating whatever the heck I want. No doubt mm-hmm. about it whatsoever. Probably going to try and like actually make an effort to call up some buddies and play um, like some pickup baseball or something. Something like, you know, uh, like tennis yeah. baseball or something like that, a local park okay. or something like that. I would want to do something like that. I don't necessarily have this urge to want to rebel, but just to have this careless youth about you where you can just spend the entire day yeah, and not have want. to work. Yeah, doing whatever you want, like play video games, play games mm-hmm. with your friends, something like that. I, I miss that. Sometimes I'll go back to nostalgic summer going into fourth grade when I wouldn't have a travel baseball game or something like that. Right. Sick brag, I play travel baseball every year. <laughs> and I could just Stug do that up. for an entire day. Like that that that's the best. I don't know what else you yeah. really can do if you're still in fifth grade. It's not like you're like, oh I'm gonna get into my parents' liquor cabinet. Like that. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna do that, Connor. Um hmm, that's a good one. I so mine would be I would, first, first thing I would do is go challenge whoever I hated most, so it was Robbie Leisure, to a, a race and run, because that's what you did when you wanted to show somebody that you were better than them um, alpha. back in the day. Yeah, alpha male, and I was fast as, as you know what, I'll say it, I was fast as when I was a kid. Um, so I would do that, and I wouldn't worry about pulling in muscles, which would be fantastic. Uh, I would probably go, especially because it's summer right now, I would do anything outside, because like, when I was in fifth grade, we were, what, 11, so I wasn't sweaty yet. So I could enjoy the outdoors. No, no armpit hair yet. That's the best yeah, part of it. Exactly. Great. So I was telling everybody I had at least one, but yeah, I, I didn't have any. <laughs> um, so I would probably be going out and and doing something outside, like probably go to the, you know what? I'd probably go to the pool all day because we we used to live next to this like pool in a neighborhood, uh, and it was my favorite thing. So we would just go there like all day every day um, throughout the summer. So that would be my choice. We just recreated the plot of Sandlot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I almost said I'd go buy a pack of baseball cards, but, like, I don't know. I, I would definitely, you know, I'm way too uh, too far gone in terms of, like, you know, being a degenerate that I would I would have to, like, pull a Biff 
like in Back to the Future 2 oh, and, and it'll bring be that some guy. almanac back. Oh, I definitely would. I, you know, oh. I, I would. I definitely would. So, um, Also, side note, and I'm not trying to throw shade at Auburn, but this is just too perfect, I think, not to bring up. You brought up, like, if you could choose a walk-up song for someone else. One of my favorite things ever, and the, the guy got fired for it, but whoever was doing the, the pregame announcing of the comeback game at the 2010 Iron Bowl, as soon as they came out on the field, he played Take the Money and Run. Which I thought that was really funny. Like games like that, I think those are those are it's fun. It's fun. We're having fun. He won, so I don't know why the guy had to get fired. All right, you're up. We're talking about it ten years later, so the guy did something right. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> um, which sport is the least adversely affected by having no fans in the stands? The WNBA. Whoa. I'm just. I mean, they what? Like the Atlanta Dream finished second in the finals. Like four or five years ago and like no one knew that <laughs> like the city like like at least well you know what i'm sure in places like connecticut or i think like minnesota seattle they're really good teams they might go but it's they're not i think the indiana fever used to sell out playoff games really Repeatedly. yeah maybe it's just the dream maybe it's just atlanta yeah. okay um and you're talking about why is atlanta not a good sports town i don't know maybe yeah. maybe yeah. just have i knew issues. they got second place there you go um i think baseball I don't think people really. I don't think people necessarily. Baseball players don't feed off of adrenaline in the same way that others do. I feel like in football yeah. and basketball you do so much more, and it's just totally different. Right. Even even a sport, an individual sport like like tennis or something like that, mm-hmm. where you, you see guys that that they'll get fired up from the crowd or something like that. Yeah. Over the course of an entire baseball game, how many times do you see an instance really, really, where a player is truly pumped up? They're, they're pretty much in the same sort of headspace. To get yeah. to that level, you pretty much have to be. And it's a sport where, let's be honest, it's pretty quiet throughout the course of a game unless something really good happens, and then it's after right. the fact, though. Well, yeah, and like, so like, unless, like, a go-ahead triple, a go, like, you know, a double, and they start doing those, like, stupid, like, whatever those are, which you guys could see what I'm doing right now. I can't even see what you're doing right now. Well, that's probably for the best. You know, people get on a double, they do like look at the dugout, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're doing it with your arms. Those. You're doing it with your arms Way too far wider outside, than, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so stuff like that, like, like a, a triple, especially, again, like if it's a go-ahead triple, when you're like, you can still do that, base, just like wide open. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like, like they that would be, they would get amped up from that, like maybe home runs, or if it, like if there, if there is a no-hitter or perfect game thrown, that's going to mm. suck. Because oh, yeah, that would true. be like that kind of carries you. I feel like sometimes like eighth and ninth inning when everyone knows what's going on. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's probably baseball, especially after since you schooled me on WNBA knowledge. Because mm-hmm. the uh, I, I, there, no one goes to the Atlanta Dream games, but no one goes to the Hawks games either. Um, but the reason I say for baseball, especially, is because there's like baseball season, especially in the off season when you have practices. There's only so many fundamentals you can do, and especially if you're trying to figure out who's like going to be starting, what's your lineup going to be, who's your starting rotation, all this different stuff. You play so many scrimmages and so many inner squads and so many things like that over and over and over again in front of no one. And I know, at least for me, uh, probably because um, I was always uh, not the most confident person, I would much rather do that sometimes than play in front of people because if you strike out when no one's looking, no one cares. Even if it's on TV. Even if you're singing Sweet Home Alabama by yourself, to yourself. It's true. By the way, how weird is it that in basketball games, if you go to an NBA game, uh-huh. and usually I go to at least one or two Magic games per year, and mm-hmm. I still find this weird. Playing music throughout the entire game 
It's the most bizarre thing that's just Close considered acceptable, where you're just having like actual action going on, and they're just playing the instrumental of you know, I, I don't know, like random random hip hop song. I have yeah. no idea, but they just need to fill that dead air for whatever reason. Yet in baseball, they never feel the need to do anything like that while action is actually going on. Football, they don't do the, it. You, like you don't have somebody drop back to pass in the NFL, and you know there's there's music going on in the background. It's such a weird thing no. that they do that in basketball. I, I feel like also I think there are rules against it. Like in the NFL, like the, it has to be turned off. Or Major League Baseball, especially, it has to be turned off during the actual action. And I don't think that you're allowed to play music in the act of a shot, maybe, in the NBA. I forgot like, what the exact rules are. Yeah, there's something But yeah, like that, I've yeah. always thought that was really like weird because it's like, okay, guys, just take take a breath. Like, we're yeah. fine. We can be quiet here for a second. I've, I've never understood that. Sorry, random PA guy who is telling us to make some noise, but like, I'll yeah. make noise when All it right. calls for it. All right? Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Also, I'm not wearing a mask in here. Don't tell me when I have to start making noise either. I'm kidding. I would wear a mask. Uh, also, one the thing I hate most about PA announcers, and I hope you agree with this because it's spot on, like the cliche songs they play, when, like in baseball, and it's like somebody walks somebody, and they play walk this way. Okay, or PA like, announcer different than the person who handles soundtrack, stuff like that. It's different. It's favorite thing. Different jobs. I think PA announcers, for the most part, are, are incredible. I said when I interned okay. for when I, I interned for the uh, Indianapolis Indians when I was in college and I did like a media relations internship with mm-hmm. them and I sat basically like two seats away from the PA guy and watching the like the inflection of his voice and everything throughout and you'd see yeah. his his PA voice that he announces for and now up third baseman Matt Haig right. and the way that they talk uh, on an everyday basis is just so different, but it's yeah. unbelievable watching them do what they do, and you're reminded that only a select group of people can actually do that for a living. I, I could never, ever get on that type of level. Anyway, things you learn about sports. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right, is it my turn? Sure, go ahead. Let's see here. These are, these are all kind of the same. Um, hold on, I'm trying to pull this one up. If it were a family war like the Hatfields and McCoys, which Irish family? That's not a good question. Uh, what's the best team to ever go back to back? In sports ever? I guess, yes. Hmm. I mean, my default answer is always going to be the Bulls, but yeah, I realize that other people have different opinions or whatever. Um, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, so I'll go in a different direction, and I'll hate myself for saying it. But uh, one of those Yankees teams, when they won four in probably. a row, probably. Um, that 98 team, they won 116 games in the regular season. It was just like the most miserable season ever because I think that was the first year they, they won in those four years in a row because, um, like, I mean, like, they just, they were so dominant and they had so much talent everywhere and it was so frustrating to watch. But I, I would say 98, they won the World Series. Yeah. It gets the Padres 4-0, and then 99, they beat the Braves 4-1. And nobody remembers the 98 World Series because we were all busy watching McGuire and Sosa. Do this. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, you're that's up. A, that's a good one. Nebraska winning two national oh, championships in a row. Probably another one. That You know what? Yeah, maybe that would probably be a better, better answer. I don't remember 94 Nebraska, though. 94 Nebraska. Was, it had to be a lot of the same guys. Yeah, because Frazier was there in 94. Four, and then Frost was there as well. Yeah, I mean, 
Because the, the 95 Frost team is... Been, he was a freshman, I guess, if he was there. No, because he, he, tra- he transferred later because he started off at Stanford. Okay. Um, but, yeah, because the, the, the 95 team is considered one of the best in college football history, so it's yeah, tough not to, not to be like that. If Miami had won a national title, so because they won in 01, had they won... Yep. Had they, had they been able to pull off the... The back-to-back against Ohio State, that would be up there. USC, be, yeah. is, USC is probably up there for their repeat, although it's it's controversial, obviously, because right. of the LSU thing. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. Repeats, yeah, that's are, repeats are tough. We tend to we tend to break those down based on like the entire dynasty, not just necessarily a two-year period. What about Bad Boys Pistons? That kind of gets lost in the shuffle. People I don't forget think about were, that. I mean, I, I was too young for that, but were they one of the best teams in the... They're the forgotten team. They're the forgotten team because Magic and Bird and in between the MJ yeah. era. That's like the, the team that nobody ever thinks of when they think about like the, the great NBA teams the last 40 years, but would probably be up there. And that's also because everybody hated them. So That's true. Very true. Sense. All right. So we want to do one more here? Yeah, let's do one more. All right. Oh, before we do... Before we do, actually, you know what? Just remind me to say whatever I was about to say at the end. The public. Yes, the public. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, this last one from Andy Goins. He says, this is definitely just for you. Would you rather have Auburn win the next two natties or no football at all this season? (laughs) Take one for the team, Marler. Take Uh, one for the team. For me personally, I would rather there be no football season. Oh, yeah. If it was for everyone, yeah, I would definitely say I would want football season. Uh, you know what? Honestly, if it means oh, two, they would win two. That's so aggressive. Like, why, like, why, like, why are we saying two? They've won three in their entire existence as a program. Why don't two is just so, so selfish in my opinion. Um, our numbers would go through the roof if Auburn won two national titles, man. No, they would not. Why? Because of, because people would want to listen to you every single week. I would be like, Marler but reacts like, to it, SEC championship. <laughs> I would like two national titles in a row. Absolutely not. Because if they, if, like, as a Bama fan, like Saban's only getting older. That means you have only one year at most with Bryce Young left. You've lost yet a, a, in another season where you have insane amounts of talent and somehow don't pull it off. Yeah, for two for two natties, no. Uh, what I will do is trade you one of those natties, and if they win one natty and Bo Nix wins a Heisman, not in the same year, mm. or maybe it is even the same year. I would I would give that up for a you know that would be fine. I would if it meant the world getting college football. Well, I it's would. It's not the world. It's me. Just you specifically. If I have to if I have to do it for the greater good of everyone, then yeah, fine. Now I'm gonna let you know about it for the rest of your life and make you like remember that I'm the. Nicest and most selfless person in the world, but yeah, I would do it for everyone. But wouldn't that be great if we just knew every single week going into it, we're like, oh yeah, that's right, Auburn's definitely gonna win this week. We made the deal. Yeah. You made the deal with the devil. We know it's gonna happen. We your gamble, in-game man. reaction. Your, your in- but you didn't know the spread the entire time. Like, yeah, it could be it could be a <laughs> one point win against an FCS team, or then they could you know beat Bama by forty or something like right. that. It would just be that's totally unpredictable. That would be the ultimate torture marler type season. That would be awful. All right, tell your story um, about the run-in you had at Publix with uh, SDS listener. Okay, so I do want to give a shout-out, and I hate to say this because I, I did not catch his name. I asked several times, but we were just, like, so caught up and also we're talking through masks and all that kind of stuff. It was loud. Um, I'm in Publix today, and I was getting some groceries, and uh, I'm walking by, I'm wearing a Bama shirt, and I see this this guy wearing an LSU mask, and I'm walking down and just making conversation. I was like, I was like oh, unbelievable. I got to walk by and see his LSU mask. I can't even just get out of the store. 
And we started joking around, uh, you know, about these, like, you know, them being national champs and all that kind of stuff. And I made the same crappy joke that I always make. And I was like, you know, I've, I've said this all the time. Like, I, I do a podcast and, and cover SEC sports for a living. And I always said, like, you know, the, the world hasn't been the same since LSU got a quarterback. And he's like, are you Chris Marler? And I was like, yes, I am. Why? And he was like, I listen to your podcast. I'm a subscriber. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so awesome, man. Thank you so much. He was like, yeah, I love it, man. You guys are great. I love the Sump Marler thing. You know, it just and went on and on. It was super nice. And, and again, I hate that I didn't catch his name um, because he was just the nicest guy, and it meant the, meant the world. I really do appreciate it. So thank you to who, whomever you are. Uh, and if you are back at that Publix at any point, dude, hit me up on Facebook and I will bring you stickers and all sorts of stuff. I'll bring you a Bama sticker to cover up that mask, whatever you want. Um, yeah, we, we really appreciate it. And that was, that, that meant a lot. If you were being accused of a crime, they would line you up and they'd be like, all right, we need to have each one of these people, these potential, these suspects complain and we'll listen to them. And right away. The, the, he would have identified you and be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly who Chris Marler is. I can tell by Wait, the, way why? <laughs> the way that he's complaining about OSU winning a national championship. I wasn't complaining. I, think he, I, was, I was like, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> that's fine. All right, let's go to our interview with Adam Kramer. Great, great stuff with him. Kind of felt a little bit lighter after some of yeah. the stuff that we've been doing. Adam has been all over the place. He's still doing a lot of stuff for, for Bleacher Report, cranking out a bunch of great stories. Great to be able to talk to him about those and maybe feel a little bit better about college football season. Yeah, a lot better. A lot better. A lot it was better. a great interview. You guys are going to love it. Good stuff. So we're going to yeah. close out with that. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Here is our interview with Adam Kramer. We're now excited to be joined by a very special guest, a repeat guest. It is Bleacher Report's Adam Kramer, a.k.a. Kegs and Eggs. Adam, before we get into some college football, I've got to ask this question as a fellow fan of mowing the lawn. um, How's the grass looking right now? It is. uh, I'm glad you asked. This is this is where I like to begin all nor (laughs) like not just these types of with all conversations. Uh, It is solid. It is really good. Like we've gotten some good rain of late. It, uh, you just hope like weather, it's like weather roulette. Now I do have like a, we moved into a house that had a sprinkler system. Um, but I've learned nice. that like, I don't like water bills of $550 like that. I, I mm. would rather not have. So I'm trying to manage that with mother nature, but yeah, it's, it's looking solid. Like it, it is, it's for, for this time of year too. Like I'm, I'm obviously very emotionally proud of this. Like that's like, especially in quarantine, right? Like, what else do we have to do other than basically mow the lawn and, you know, not, you know, wear a mask and, and do your thing. So, yeah, the lawn, I'm, I'd am i say on a 10 scale, like we're at an eight and a half right now. God, a lot of that is the that. interview right there. That is all we <laughs> All right, guys, thanks. We'll talk, we'll talk soon. <laughs> Appreciate <real>. it. <laughs> so, Adam, uh, when you're not tweeting out pictures of, of your lawn looking all sorts of luscious, uh, you threw out this idea that I want to dig into a little bit with you. Well, I, I think playoff expansion won't happen this year, especially after talking with our guy Gary Stokin, who runs the Peach Bowl. Convince us why a 64-team single elimination tournament for college football could happen and be awesome if we could all just pretend that TB rights contracts weren't really a thing. So, yeah, so it, it won't happen, but I'm going to convince you why it should. Um, I kind of, this sort of stems from baseball. Like, at the time we're recording this interview, like baseball season is about to start and they're like still talking about changing the playoffs 
um, with like four hours before the first game. And I kind of love that. Like all of a sudden in COVID, you know, <laughs> we're just like, you know what? Who cares, right? Like who cares? Let's just do our thing. And and with football too, like, you know, we're scheduling like out-of-conference games in the year like 2035. And now it's like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe BYU can play. Like, like all of a sudden, like we could do whatever the hell we want. So in the spirit of doing whatever the hell we want, let's say we don't have a season. I think we'll have some sort of season that could be horribly wrong. Very well could. But, and I know this whole spring season thing comes with a lot of issues. The draft, which the NFL is no way going to move. Guys playing a ton of games in one calendar year. I think that's a legitimate issue. Um, so, so let's do something different. Let's have like an extended spring, like a, a four-month, or excuse me, not four-month, four-week, five-week, six-week spring practice to kind of make up for lost time. And then let's just have like a – like a tournament, right? Like I played Legion baseball at the end of the summer. It's like your Legion tournament, like whatever. Let's put all these teams in a pile and see what happens. So I think we could limit the amount of hitting, right? Because most of these teams are not going to play more than, you know, two games, basically. And you could have like a March Madness style tournament uh, with a definitive champion at the end. Could you imagine like what the interest would be for this? If you could, if you can time this right. I, like, Imagine the gambling. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, the gambling. That just like you could, and, and you know, who knows? You might even get on fans for this by then. Let's well, not crazy, but you could. Like the, you're buying yourself time. So I just I love the you know March Madness is beautiful and brilliant and and random and stupid, and I mean that in the most you know endearing way. And and college football would love that if you got a ton of these matchups. You'd probably have some pretty stupid results that don't make a lot of sense, and also you'd have you know. NFL players gone. You'd have like teams that are like completely full of people that like a lot of uh, the casual fan, even a lot of us have like never heard of before. I just think it would be random and fun and we would enjoy it. And it would be the only way I think spring football is palatable in in any sort of way. And it's not going to be palatable. This is not going to happen, but let's push forward anyways. I am so here for that. I am here for every single piece of what you just said. Whether that's realistic or not, you know, I guess a different discussion. At this point, though, what is your realistic best case scenario for college football this school year? I think the the Pac-12, we, we the Pac-12 has been a very quality pinata, I'd say, over the past five to seven years. Um, it really has been. But actually just reading a bit about what they're trying to do in a 10-game season, but building in kind of flexible conference championship dates, um, I thought that was really smart. I think it's really sensible. I think it's, I think it's really smart. I think a 10-game season and keeping, trying to keep those conference championship dates alive and trying to kind of put yourself in a position to have a playoff would be wonderful. You know what's kind of weird about this? None of this is going to be easy without a bubble or rosters this size, and this is completely cart before the horse but if you could get to a certain if you could get to the situation where where you have conference championships you could have a playoff like a 14 playoff would be a, a like given what these guys these teams and presidents and universities have in front of them the 14 playoff is going to be easy you know what i mean like you can you could get to that moment yeah. and the coordination there won't be as hard as everything else we're setting out to do 
And of course, we're getting ready for baseball, and like one of those star players in baseball, like test positive for COVID, like four hours before a game. Not great, right? right? That's what football is going to have to deal with too. So I think honestly, I think the best case scenario is a ten game season. Um, I thought the Big Ten was a little early in announcing this, and really didn't seem to want to tell anybody that they were announcing this, which was strange too. But ultimately, is probably the right way to do it. Um, I think if you could get a ten game season and build in just some openness in there, knowing that things are probably going to happen and the things here are not, are not pleasant. I think that's as good as we can ask for. And that's, to me, this does not include fans. Uh, The whole thing's going to be completely weird. Um, Watching the basketball scrimmages. I don't know about you guys. You saw any of that yesterday. Like that, that was strange. Okay. That was strange. Like really strange. It's going to take some getting used to. I think the same is going to be said about this, but quite honestly, I, I know you, you guys feel the same way. We just want football in whatever capacity yeah, mm-hmm. is going to going to be allowed. I love the point you made about the Big Ten and and you know how they were kind of keeping it from everybody because as, as we all know with the history of Ohio State, like I wasn't surprised at all by that. So just throwing that out there. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the next question. Um, so how do you see all this affecting the actual playoff, like in the playoff committee selecting those four teams in the year? Because like, is this the type of season? Because I've said, as like a joke, like as a Bama fan, I really want a football season, but I'm worried that if we have it the way 2020 has been, it's going to be like Clemson, UCF, Auburn, and Tennessee. So is this, like, do you think this is helpful for chaos in the football season? Or do you think they'll be even more strict and conservative how they are with picking national powers at the end of the season? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, from a, just a logistical standpoint, I, I, I can't imagine... Well, you can look at this two ways. I'm like already playing my own devil's advocate before I make my actual point. But you, you like, you can look at it this way in that like you're probably going to have people that test positive, and we don't know what the extremes of that will be, and you know who's infected by all sorts of things, um, and that teams with greater depth and are in a position to do that stuff. And it sounds so callous when you think about it. You do question as you're talking through it, like, should we do this? But we're going to do it right now. And so you think, like, hey, teams that are in a better position to kind of withstand this kind of year will probably be in a position to win. That being said, it's going to be physically disruptive. It's certainly going to be emotionally disruptive, I think, on a lot of kids and coaches and everything else if this happens. And to me, that implies a bit of randomness to it, especially if it's a bit of a shorter season. Um you know, the part, I think that our sport and its quirkiness and its frustrating part of it is actually conducive if we get to a playoff to say, hey, here's the four teams. This whole thing's arbitrary still, right? Like, you know, we had a position a couple of years ago where Notre Dame didn't have to play a conference championship and got into the playoff. So we've never done anything like this. Um, certainly no one's ever done anything like this and hopefully never have to again. But in some aspects, we have a sport that says you got a group of people who will hopefully be meeting like remotely now. Um, no more special, you know, spreads in that Texas hotel for this playoff committee, uh, and they're gonna and they're gonna be able to decide this based off what they see. I, honestly, I, I think college football is the the randomness and the just the way these guys say you 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 you. Um, it, that's. We're ready for this. Whatever it looks like, it could be a little different. It's going to feel different, but I think the sport can absolutely do that. Along those same lines, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think we all kind of are, are bracing for just a random season at this point, and it feels like there could be some random teams that emerge from the field and make the playoff, and it's just one of those where we look back and we're like, wait, 
how did UNC or Iowa State go 9-1? and one? Those are the two teams that I yeah. keep coming back to when I think about this year just because they're they're super well coached. It seems like the type of team that, yeah, like they, they made some some nice strides last year and it seems like a team that could just kind of come out of nowhere and catch random teams at the right time or something like that. You know, a la 2005 Chicago White Sox, just catch the team that maybe, you know, Clemson loses its entire offensive line or something like that right before a game. And there's going to be a team that does that if we have a season. Who are some teams that come to mind for you that could kind of fit that bill and be like the a little bit of a long shot national title contender, playoff contender, whatever you want to call it? That's a great question. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Like I, I was, and I'm not dodging it yet, but I'm, I'm, I want to talk through this too, is when you start to, well, I'm sort of dodging it, but let me, I'll, I'll talk through it as well. When you think about um, the way that you start to hear NFL teams are going to handle their quarterbacks, like that the one and three, the first string and third string quarterbacks um, are going to work together. And then you think about like the second and fourth string to try to eliminate the potential exposure, um, right? Like how weird is that? So when you think about this, I, th- I think of a team like a Wisconsin, right? And that, and locally here, and of course losing like a guy who just ran for like 28,000 yards probably doesn't <laughs> help. But, but I do think about it like they've got a unique system that feels very plug and play. And, mm-hmm. and what, what I, you know, and that's not to like undermine like the work and the people that have gone into that, but they've got a system that feels like, man, if that thing gets rolling, they can get hot and beat pretty much anybody. You know, like, so I think, I think continuity is going to be really important. Um, you know, and, and also like when you look at a, a, you know, just a situation here where are you banking on, you know, quarterbacks that have been around a bit, a team like Florida certainly feels like, okay, you're, and that's, they're kind of chalky too. It's like, feel kind of gross, you know, including them, but it's not the fields. It's not the Trevor Lawrence It's a team, obviously with talent. And it's going to be a team down the, the list a little bit that feels natural, but there's Trask, a quarterback that's been there that looks pretty good. And all of a sudden they've got a defense that's good enough to, to beat, you know, anybody. Um, what about USC? I, like, I, I know mm. we're sort of fired Helton like 38,000 times. I, <laughs> the more I look at that team, the more I, I really do kind of like him. My Slovit looks good. I mean, I'll say one of the things um, – and doing some digging on Alabama's quarterback of the future. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about him uh, and Mr. Young, but like in digging, doing that feature, what I found uh, in talking to some people in California and around Southern Cal and everybody else is like, hey, that dude being there is a big part of the reason why Alabama has this amazing quarterback too. And it's very interesting. The more people I talk to, the more people are saying, wow, look out for this kid. So I, I hope for randomness. I really do. I think that's what makes college football so great. And I will say the last couple of years, um, last year was okay. The year before was just gross in terms of a lack of weirdness yeah. and randomness. Um, and, and, you know, LSU being LSU made things kind of hard because they were so good. So I hope for that. And I have no idea what it would look like. But, yeah, there's no doubt it would, it would have to open things up a bit. But I do think if you're really good at something, and Wisconsin is really good at, at kind of Wisconsin just sit on you and hopefully you don't get up football, I wonder how that, well that could translate in a, in a season like that. All I can think of is Brett Bielema when you, as soon as you said sit on you. That is, that is such an incredible Just reference. that big coat, that, that wacky inflatable arm tube man coat that he walks around in, you know, at, 
yeah, that is Wisconsin football right there. Yeah, and that's the heart of it right there. That's, that's fantastic. All right, so um, similar question, and you kind of alluded to it with Florida and then said you hated it because uh, we don't want to talk about USC. They're out here trying to dodge Bama in the opening game. All right, we're not going to talk about the Trojans. What SEC team do you think could maybe sneak up and surprise a lot of people and possibly make the natty outside of, like, the regular teams that seem to be in it every year? Would LSU be a surprise this year? Yes. Like, you know, like – like, it's kind of interesting. Um, I forget. I think it was Matt Miller of, uh, of BR, actually, my own, my colleague, who had put out there, like, that the more people he had talked to, and they were saying, you know, LSU wouldn't be surprised if they were, were in the playoff again. Um, I'm probably butchering. I'm sorry, Matt. It was, But it was something along those lines. It was something like that, though. You're right. Yeah, it, was it, it, it was. It was something like, okay. Um, and – you know, it's an interesting one because I've heard a little bit, I've heard something similar, but I think, I, I and then I go back and I look at the losses and it's the coaching losses and it's the roster and I think it would just be too much. Um, but, but I, you know, that one seems a little interesting. The other one that I think I'm constantly going to be fascinated by is A&M. I just can't help it. I can't help it. they got a quarterback that in glimpses looks great in Mon. They've got a roster that is constructed to be really good. They've underperformed. I don't. I don't necessarily believe in this. I'm saying something that is that has holes, uh, undeniably. But as you look at legitimate like teams in the non-Alabama and even I guess Auburn and Georgia, right? That's who we're talking about. Florida, of course, figures. And the two that are definitely the most intriguing that are probably not this year, but maybe a year or two away. Tennessee's got this thing going. I don't think this is the year where they, they get this thing rolling downhill, but it's pretty amazing to watch, and it does feel tangible and real. And the question now is, can this translate to game days? It did last year, at least later on. Uh, that was always the big butch issue is that, like, you know, six days a week, it felt like they were good, and then when he had to coach, they weren't good. That's probably not a good, <laughs> you know, good way to, to, to feed it. But A&M is, like, boomer bust. And I think at some point they, they – they're going to have to do them. Otherwise, that's just a lot of money that they've spent in, in just being what they have been, which is a middle, higher middle of the pack SEC team. There have been uh, reports that a lot of these games are going to be switched to, to nighttime kickoffs to accommodate some of the daytime travel and whatnot that's expected with this very weird year. How have you come to grips with the likely reality that Iowa Northwestern at 11 a.m. probably won't happen this year? <laughs> no, they're still going to grow the grass out, though. It'll be a foot long. Mm-hmm. It's like yep. when you're 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 playing a British Open course, right? And the fescues are going <laughs> like that's what they'll play on. Uh, it, you know, I can't think of a sadder. I, you know, do it at night. At least the lights will um, provide some, like make it feel spotlighty. Because if you're going to do Iowa Northwestern in Evanston without fans. I don't know if it's in Evanston or not. It feels like every year that game's in Evanston. It's just going to be so sad. What you need to do for that game is just pipe in, like, obnoxiously loud fake crowds. Like, incredibly (laughs) loud. Yeah, just like, yeah. Like, just pipe it in, right? Um, So, how weird, I mean, that some of these games feel weird naturally. That's one of them. It's, it's going to be such an odd dynamic for that. And I do think the night game thing makes sense. I think that's a lot to ask of the kids and the coaches, though, too. Um, I, I really – I think from a coordination standpoint, 
you know, is it, you know, maybe I'm being, is it that hard to get to, you know, hotel and, and, you know, kind of every, everybody, Hey, we're going to stay in this hotel. We'll, we'll travel at night. We're going to stay here for basically to sleep. Right. We'll get, we'll do a team meeting at the hotel and then go like, is that that big of a deal? I, I really don't feel like that would be no. Like, I feel like that's a much cleaner option than, let's drive to Evanston and then drive back the same day. I think that's going to be a hard thing to pull off. Um, so you, you alluded this earlier. Uh, and guys, I, I listen, I, I love you both, but I cannot tell you how glad I am that the Iowa Northwestern talk is over. Um, that was tough <laughs> even for me. I would so, like more, um, please. <laughs> you know, you know what, real quick, if they played that game like in Ireland for no reason, like it has no ties to Ireland, but they played it like 8 a.m., I would watch that. That's like the only way I would watch it. I think that would be a good way to or sell like a, it. Or like a um, Wednesday afternoon. Do it like one of those yeah. bad <laughs> post, like, you know, New Year's Day bowl games that just appear on your television. Mm. That's how you need that. Just sponsored by Applebee's and it'll be like a happy hour game. That'd be perfect. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. Okay, so you, you talked about this earlier. You um, alluded to it with this uh, feature you did on um, freshman Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. I am admittedly late to the game on this. I, I just don't follow recruiting year-round as much um, and miss the hype train, I think, before he got to campus. Last week, Matt Hayes told us he thinks Bama wins the SEC if, if Bryce Young can understand the offense and he plays well. Um, and, again, your article was just glowing reviews about him. It was fantastic. As a Bama fan and just an eternal cynic and pessimist, should I buy into this hype? Yeah, no, you know what? It's a really interesting point you bring out because I'm not necessarily a recruiting nut either, and I think we kind of missed the hype window this year with COVID um, because this is a normal time where a guy gets on campus. Look at Tua, right? Like that's kind of where the Tua transformation started in terms of the excitement, and it started building. So – Without that, I had this curiosity, too. And, um, you know, you look at him and you look at 24-7, the rankings, you see Alabama and you see like a 5 foot ten quarterback. Like This is the other thing that drew me in is like when I think of Alabama, and I know quarterback is, is its own exception, and two, it wasn't exactly like your model six foot three prototype guy, but you think of like the most physically imposing human beings like in the country. And this is a different kid. And so I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. I, you know, obviously you can't talk, I can't talk to him. And I knew that going in because that's just, Bama won't let that happen. They don't let you talk to freshmen, whatever. But I talked to his dad and we started to piece it together. And I was, I was pretty blown away by it. Now he comes from a high school in, you know, California that is like just producing, you know, college quarterbacks left and right. I want to say the quarterback that's following him. Uh, this year is like a four star and like one of the, like the seventh ranked pro passing quarterback. We haven't even seen him yet. I saw that the other day and it made me laugh. So that's the expectation there with Matt Barkley and Matt Liner and other guys is so spectacular that it's, um, you know, it's huge. And yet talking to his coach, he basically said, this guy's, you know, sounds football, like the gruffest, like has eaten. Like been the coach at one of the best high schools. In America, has said, yeah, like, we just let him call his own plays and do his own thing. And, you know, the numbers last year were also just like 65, close to 70 touchdowns and everything else. The vibe I get from him, because I spent my quarantine, like, in my house eating, like, you know, grotesque snacks and drinking excessively yeah. on some <laughs> nights, especially early on. Uh, he spent his quarantine, like, throwing to Juju Smith-Schuster and Kevin White. At a, at a football field in California. So although he didn't get Bama, 
that's a pretty good backup plan, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, I do think, look, I think they've got a really good quarterback in place. When Tua went down, that offense was really good. I think this kid is on a completely, uh, I think he athletically and physically is probably supremely gifted. I think it's a tall order to ask, given all the uncertainty and everything else that he comes in and starts. I do think, however, you're going to see him in some packages. Not going to redshirt him. Um, you know, they're going to let him see the field in some capacity, and he's a much different style, certainly. So I'm excited to see him. But, yeah, after talking to a lot of people, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I believe in the hype. Along those, those lines, with Bryce Young, the more you kind of read between the tea leaves, whatever you want to call it, this offseason, you looked at the dynamics at play there, and it's been well documented, his relationship with Steve Sarkeesian. I kind of now am a bit of the belief that Steve Sarkeesian staying at Alabama was a little bit of a byproduct of Bryce Young and that he wants to at least see this thing through to a certain extent because we knew that Sarkeesian was linked to job openings at places like Colorado and Mississippi State. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's not interested anymore. Bryce Young factoring into that decision, that's not crazy, is it? And could that potentially expedite his process, do you think, to get into this lineup and have maybe you know a quicker time frame to be able to start than even Tua did? Um, yes. I think, I, you know, when you think of Bama, you think that the allure is the championships and Saban. And I'll be, you know, again, the people I talk to, I don't think, you know, Sark isn't here, Bryce isn't here. Like that, uh, I, I think he changed his recruiting completely. So I do, and, and these two have known each other for, I think, like seven, eight years, right? Like going back to sixth grade, Sark had met him and was intrigued by him. I think that's a big part of it. And, and we know that there's going to be, there was significant interest in Sark. There probably will be again, assuming he holds the, 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 the path that he continues to do and the offense is good again, which it will be, by the way. So I, I, there's no doubt I think the two you know, play into um, each other, for sure. Sark knows, I think, how gifted he is. Uh, has also kind of recognizes what he can offer that's a little bit different. I guess I think again, I think more of the circumstances of just life right now are getting in the way of him having an actual. I think he still does, but a real reasonable shot to win this job. I think that part's going to be really difficult. But yeah, I think these two are going to be tied together forever, in in in, in some weird ways, depending on how this thing you know ends up. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, so, uh, Do you have like a so piano have... that can play at the end of that? <laughs> like you, can, you just yeah. drop that in. <laughs> like... Yeah, this outro is just going to be just a, a, a lovely harp that we we actually bought a a harpist for a wedding that never happened. So she's just chilling right now in our living room. So that's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, so uh, like without the Bama talk here, uh, moving on to UGA a little bit. UGA is loaded with talent. I, I'm really high on them. Um, that this might be like finally be their year to actually win, not just what they say every August. But two questions for you: Who starts at quarterback, and will they be able to win the SEC? Is this actually their year? We we do this every year, and then I say <laughs> yes, and then and then the answer is almost yes, right? Um, yeah, they should. I mean, the team is loaded. I mean, the team is absolutely loaded. Um, the, the quarterback position in particular is like, it's it just, man, they have, the one thing I like about it, and, and regardless of who starts, 
when you looked at that, you know, very short four yard out offense that was the prom era for the most part, which was after a while just hard to watch. Like part of the reason that that didn't work is because there really wasn't a lot of competition to push him. You know, like he was a guy, and this is the offense. They've got these great running backs and these good skill position players, but it's not going to work. And so now I think you're in a position where you've got two legitimate quarterbacks, Newman and Daniels, that are ready now that I think, you know, whether one struggles or injuries, you guys know how this goes. Like, like you, that is a tremendous luxury. The whole idea that, like, you know, um, if you don't have, like, uh, if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. I, I don't believe that here. I think they've got a legitimate thing. I'm intrigued by Daniels. I think Newman's a safer choice. I think Daniels is obviously a higher ceiling choice, if that makes sense. Newman was really yeah. fun, and I think with much better pieces, I'd be really interested to see what he is. I think Daniels, and again, this kind of goes back into the Bryce Young thing, because Bryce Young replaced Daniels uh, at his high school, and, and so I'm, I'm kind of floored in talking to people just how good they think that guy can be. Um, either way, they've got some really fun young players. They've got some really fun, like, athletic players. I did a story on Darnell Washington, their, their new tight end. I think he's going to be a hilariously amazing weapon in time. He's like six foot eight, 260 pounds yeah. already. I think he's just going to be a – he's like a cartoon character, honestly. So, I, I – Yes, this could be the year. I think they've got to, um, you know, they still have running backs. They still have players. They still have good players on that defense. It's just you don't feel confident in saying this is truly the year. And yet, God, it could be it could be Bama's first game, right? Like that's that's where this yeah. is. Depending on how things shake up, could you imagine that? I mean, that's a. I know this is not how we want our season, but that would be a heck of a way to start with the two best teams in the SEC and. You know, when this all shakes out, maybe two of the top four or five teams in the country just just doing it under these circumstances. Love the sound of that. Love the sound of that. One last thing that I wanted to ask you about before we get to two-minute drill here. Uh, a couple years ago, you wrote about um, Damon Clowney, the cousin of Jadavian Clowney. He was rated as the, the highest signee in Lane Kiffin's class at Ole Miss in 2020. Can you, can you tell our listeners about his unique story with, with kind of how he was raised and, and something that, that Ole Miss fans are probably going to learn about in a hurry here? Yeah, man, it was um, – I, I just remember getting – you know, you do stories like this, and, you know, I do a bunch of them, and some stick with you, some don't, and this one, this one did. And, you know, you see the name uh, Demon, which is spelled demon and clowny, and it's too, so striking, right? Immediately you're saying, I need to know more about this. And, you know, related, obviously, to Jadavian Clowney and trying to figure that out. And I found somebody on Twitter who seemed to be tweeting a lot about Damon, and I couldn't get a hold of him. And I said, hey, you know, um, how do you know this kid? And he said, well, let's talk. And so basically this turned out to be Damon's guardian. This is very much like a blindside situation in some respects mm -hmm. uh, with its own unique hurdles from Baltimore uh, Damon, who lived with his mother, and um, she did not feel safe having him in in Baltimore. And so went, uh, basically found a family, and they met naturally through sports, um, through their son becoming friends with Damon, to kind of live an hour outside of town in, in farmland. It was spectacular just to set him up to do well. And this family, you know, the thing that was very natural about this is, like, this family, like, loved Damon. Like, he was one of the family. Like, they... 
these were parents that were giving him, a, you know what I mean, like a hard time, him giving it back. Like you could see these natural family elements um, in it. And it's to see both a mom make a very difficult decision, obviously that really weighed on her, and also this family just jump in and say, we want to do this. And then for that to work, could you imagine the awkwardness of that, to have, you know, and essentially two active moms that are like parenting at once. And, you know, that was a part that was really amazing to me is watch how natural those were. The part about him as a player, you know, if you look at him, I don't think he's, I think a strength program in college is going to be wonders for his body. He's got Mm -hmm. like that Jadavian leanness to him. You know what I mean? Like he, even Jadavian, when he came in, was like just obviously physically on another planet. But but Demond has this six four, probably two hundred twenty pound frame that by the time he's done could be two hundred fifty five pounds and still hold speed and everything else. So I I thought it was a great get. I think it was a great fit. It was LSU for a while? There's real weirdness there in terms of you know his his roster spot. I think actually naturally lands into a program where he could probably play and play early and contribute early. So yeah. I, I think the big thing for him physically will be what what does that look like two years from now? I think it'll be a lot different than it does right now. All right. We this has been awesome, man. We appreciate you coming on. Really good stuff. Oh, it's always always very enjoyable. Um, we are gonna get you out of here on two minute drill, which is uh, you've played it before, actually. It's uh it's just a rapid fire question. Usually we only do ten questions per person, but since you're so funny, we have like fifteen. Are you ready to play? Oh boy. I am. All right, let's do this. Um, first, kind of put two minutes on the clock. We're probably going to go way over. First question, favorite character from The Office? I mean, it's got to be Michael Scott, right? Like, like let's, let's just move on. I could say something funny, and I, I love Kevin. <laughs> I got, you know what? No, it is not. It's Kevin. That drop the chili is one of the best scenes in the history of television ever. Mm. Him dropping the chili. I've used that gift before, and clearly I've taken up too much time. Sorry. <laughs> Kevin is like the Brett Bielema of the, of the office. That's good. That's good. All right. Second yeah. question. What's the best thing you've binge watched during quarantine? Oh, man. Um, I did catch up on Ozark, which was, mm. I, you know, I, I had started and then stopped. I would have to say Ozark, but I'll tell you this, too. I've seen it before, but I've been watching it strong again. The OJ documentary on ESPN, like yeah. I watched that all yeah. in like two nights. Man, that's not like fun conversational topic things but if you really haven't seen that yet you absolutely need to go watch that thing it's fantastic you know honestly you know we'll, we'll take a break real quick from the two minute drill we'll call a timeout just so you know the way i literally first hit it off with my current fiance ali is because she lived off of montana and that documentary had just come out like montana avenue i was like montana yeah doesn't that run perpendicular to bundy like two miles from the house which is a very <laughs> creepy thing to say to somebody uh via text but it worked out so yeah it's a fantastic doc <laughs> Um, all right, third question. What's the worst thing you've watched during quarantine? I'm assuming it's something with your kids. Uh, yes. Um, they're really into a handful of really god-awful shows. Like, Muppet Babies is tough. It's a tough watch mm-hmm. for me. Bluey right now, I'm okay. Paw Patrol, always solid. Um, I would say, uh, I would say that. I'm trying to think of a really bad movie that I've seen. Um, I don't think I've seen too many bad ones. It's been a good run. So, yeah, usually my, my kids have – actually, the worst thing I've watched typically is, like, the kids are into YouTube now too, right? So the randomness of YouTubes 
when you see how bad these videos are of someone staging these cars or playing with Play-Doh and you're like, my God, this is so annoying. And it's got like 48 million views and this person's probably right. making $15 million a year. <laughs> like right. that, that really pisses me off. <laughs> Same. That's, that's, you know what? That's a lot of points right there. Some kid named Jace making 12 million a year is not my favorite thing. Uh, what is your favorite baseball movie? Oh man. Um, I'm probably going to say um, it's probably Bull Durham. Like Bull Durham is just, uh, is so good. Field of Dreams is right there too. Um, you know, I don't know why too, but I'll bring this up as an aside. When I was a kid, my dad forced me to watch like that Ken Burns baseball doc. It's like, it was like 17 <laughs> VHS tapes. Like, I, I, you know, at the time I hated it. Now there's something charming about thinking about that giant VHS. VHS box of Doc tapes. So I'll go, I'll go Bull Durham, but I do have a soft spot for that whole Ken Burns, just giant monstrosity. I like that. I like that. Uh, obviously, we're asking this because it's MLB opening day. Um, Follow up question If you were a Major League Baseball player, what would your walkout song be? Oh, man. Oh, boy. I would probably have. Oh, I know what it would be. It would be Spody Odie Dopalicious by Outcast, right? Oh, I answer. hear that song by Outcast, and I have like instant life injected to me. It's been this way since college. Um, anything Outcast, you could probably go down the lineup and have dozens of potential opportunities. That's kind of a, a weird niche, but that's a song that if I need a kick, man, that that always gives me one. Don't say it's a weird niche. I'm, I'm sitting right here in Atlanta right now. It's a lot of points. A lot of points right there. Oh, there you um, go. Play right, the audience. Let's, let's see. <laughs> yeah. If we have a season, if we have a season, especially if the Big Ten goes conference games only, who gets beat up worse this season? Rutgers or yours and my liver? Uh, uh, livers. I think I think here's the problem, too, right? Livers are already on. Uh, have taken a beating. I mean, <laughs> livers yeah. are, are not going into the season fresh. So I think at this point, Rutgers, you know, minus six and a half uh, to my liver here, favorite against somebody. So <laughs> Rutgers is going to be bad. They'll be better, but they're still going to be bad. I just think you, you give us sports, like actual sports, and the possibility of drinking even from our couches, and people are going to deliver. And it's probably going to be rough. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. Fantastic answer. Um, next question, if 2020 – were a drink, what would it be? You guys ever have a Malort? Um, you ever hear of Malort? Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it is a Chicago-based drink. It is like drinking... Um, I can't even... I was going to say, like, urine. What is it? It's worse than urine. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a liqueur. It, it's, it is, like, it is its charm because it's awful. It, it's truly awful. It is the worst thing you've ever had. You know, like when okay. you're 21, they do like the bar mat, and they fill that into a shot glass. Like that's what oh, this turn is. Turn back, yeah. 20, tw- tw- 2020 is Malort, and for people who have had it, you will never be the same again if you if you actually have had it. Okay, um, I'm not going to try that. Uh, follow up question: What is the best type of beer? Uh, like for instance, like shower beer, um, post grass cutting beer, beach beer. What's what is the best type of beer? Man, all right. So, so this is a very shower beers are overrated. I'm gonna say it. Uh, lawnmower beers are overrated. 
and I love mowing the lawn, but I need to focus on mowing my lawn and I don't have a riding mower. Maybe I'd feel differently. I I think deck beers are a, just a a massively uh, successful beer. If you could sit on a deck on a nice night or a patio, this is patio deck category. Um, I think there's something magnificent about that. I think uh, first tailgate beer is also mm. great. You have such optimism at that moment. You have settled into whatever your grounds are. You are there, that first beer, that first dip. It is very cold. It's delicious. I would say deck patio and first tailgate beer would be my two. Okay. I like that. Um, who is your least favorite follow right now on Twitter? <laughs> I think I still follow. I think I still follow Darren Ravel. I think oh. I do. And, That's you know, bad. I'm not a Twitter beef guy. There's probably somebody worse. Um, I kind of admire the hustle of Ravel, though. Like, I, I actually feel bad when people get mad at me. Like, I don't get a sense that – and actually, Clay, Clay, Travis, too. I, get, I, I like, for the most part, like, human-to-human stuff, like, tr- like Clay. These guys have just, you know – like a stadium's worth of people that absolutely despise them. And, uh, and you can see why at times because of the content. In some ways, I respect that because I would not tolerate that well. You know what I mean? Like I think that does take a certain amount of emotional strength to actually be okay with that. So I'm dodging that answer completely, but I do still follow Ravel. Um, <laughs> for, I'm here for the content. Okay, that's fair. Um, all right, who is back first? Who will be back first, Texas or Tennessee? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. I'm going to so – it's how do we define back. If we're defining back, I think Texas has a clear path to be back um, because the competition is so much more palatable. I think from a – from a quality of football team standpoint, though, it's probably Tennessee. My only, I, I'll lean Tennessee here. That's a great question. Here's my concern with Texas. Like, we've had a couple of years now to be backage. Now, they've had a couple of really good, uh, this is a pretty good recruiting class. Love B. John Robinson, the kid, that running back they got. I think he's going to be awesome. I just think, have we, where, where are we going to finally, you know, get back? We've had like a great quarterback. We've had some different things. I'll go Tennessee. I don't feel great about it, but I'll go Tennessee. Okay. Um, okay, we got five more here. Uh, if you were starting a boy band with only college ball player with you and only college ball players and coaches, who are your other three to four members? Okay, Trevor's got to be in there, obviously, yeah, because just look at him. Um, let me think about this. Let me think about this. Can, can, wait, current and former? You can or do is that. It just yeah, current? That's fine. Whatever you want to do. Um, hold on. Hold on. I want to think. I want to make sure I have. Are coaches allowed to be in? Um, of course. Have you ever seen Nick Saban do the Cupid Shuffle? Of course they're allowed to be in. I think then I would want. Oh, no. I mean, I, I'd love to have less. I, here's why I'd say less. This moment is ingrained uh, in my mind. I went to Kansas' spring game last year, back when we can travel and stuff. And what a sentence. they had, you know, um, you had less on stage, like actually trying to assemble it, like put in an actual dance. 
I think in terms of general, just general weirdness, um, it would be good, right? Like he's going to bring in people now, just in terms of general additions, because I like them like Rondell Moore. If we are deprived of Rondell Moore, I will be devastated. I think getting him his five, eight greatness. I, I think Rondell Moore can do anything. If you told me that Rondell Moore is going to jump over that building, I believe he could do it. So I, I'm, I'm just like a Rondell Moore believer. And, my, and then my last one is, is Derek Stingley. Because I think, oh, yeah. again, I think in terms of fandom, by the time he's done playing college football, he's probably going to be the biggest star in the country in the non-quarterback division. I think I'll get, I'll buy that stock now. And I think ultimately we start, like he's going to branch out. He's going to Justin Timberlake thing. You know what I mean? Like he's going to do his thing <laughs> and I'm going to be left doing like, you know, Lake County music festival here locally. That's fine. But I'll buy, I'll, I'll enjoy the rise while we can. Okay. Um, all right. Who is the Iowa of the SEC? <laughs> okay. So let me, let me say this too. We are talking about a team that can be shockingly successful but in kind of odd doses. And this is the non-Kirk Ferentz, very awkward part of this, okay? Like that's... I know where you're going. We'll, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just, we'll just go... So a team that kind of surprises, I think Mississippi oh, no. State fits. Okay. I think Mississippi State fits because they can uncork like a nine-win season every once in a while. And actually with Leach, like he's going to do that. Like he'll do his thing every once in a while. Kentucky feels that because they're kind of maximizing what they got. And I think that's something that Iowa has done. It was way more fun to talk about Iowa before, like, things got super weird. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Iowa's like this charming engine that could, and now they're just not. But I'll go – I'll say Kentucky. That is my final answer. Okay. I like that. That's good. Uh, Okay. We have three more here. Uh, Who's a better groundskeeper, you or the guy that let Rudy sleep on that cot and did the weird clap? I'm going with my groundskeeping over everybody. Like right now, okay. wow. like I've got, I've, I'm not a, I'm not a, a cocky or confident person in a lot of areas. I really do trust my groundskeeping. If you let me maintain a football field, I'm going to deliver. Like I, I'm, I'm in, you can, you could trust me to do it. I love, I love the confidence. I love the confidence. Um, okay. Last two questions. Favorite thing to grill. It's the summer. So what's your favorite thing to grill? Besides so no players and coaches, am I right? Yeah, I'm, I'm no longer grilling steak, right? I've, I've graduated to kind of uh, oven or sous vide. So I, I will oh. say, though, we have been um, – I've been playing around with all sorts of different chicken marinades. So I will go chicken. It is like the boring answer. But a lot of the other meat that I'm doing right now, I'm doing it in creative ways. And chicken on the grill to me is just still tried and true. So I will go chicken, and we will do all sorts of unique stuff. That sounded weird. That's phrasing. That's a phrasing issue <laughs> that, was, yeah. that I'd like out, to be dude. removed from the pod. <laughs> All right, we'll last question of 22-minute drill. Who wins the SEC this year? Alabama. I, I, I think that – isn't it crazy that they still, like, have those wide receivers? Like, isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, if, I mean, I think those two guys are legit first-round picks – 
I think whatever they do at quarterback, they'll be fine. I think Najee is going to be a superhero, too. Like, what you saw at the end mm-hmm. is going to be that. And I think the defense, which was really injured and young, is going to be a lot better. I, the, the college football gods have not been kind to that front seven, especially linebacker. And they still have some really fun pieces, pieces in the secondary. Like, I, I think Alabama – I mean, I know Alabama's always going to be good. I think this could be a really kind of unique special team for them. I, you know, you know I like that answer. So let me add this up real quick. Um, let's see, we got a thousand points just for making the the Wisconsin sit on your reference plus sixty nine. That's a thousand sixty nine points, Adam. That's a fantastic score. We have to work on the speed of it, but I will also take part of the blame for that. We we ran a a navy a navy's uh, style offense right there, just eating up clock. <laughs> yeah, that was that was eighteen plays, eighty four <laughs> yards, twenty two yard field goal, like kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, that was fun. I, I did, yeah. <laughs> no, that was good time. Adam, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, hopefully, next time we do this, we'll be talking about actual football. Maybe you won't be depressed about Iowa things, and you'll actually have Iowa football to talk about instead of uh, just all the bad yeah. stuff that's that's been going on. But um, appreciate this, and uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again real soon, man. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Take care.